Life is hard, isn't it? Is that the really the up-tempo way I wanted to start today's show? Life is hard. Life is hard. And it's always good to be hard. As Three Dark Nights said, easy to be hard. Very easy to be hard. Uh, I'm going to start today with Mr. Sean Salisbury. I'm back. I'm back, obviously. A couple of uh, very much needed days off. Thank you, everybody. Oh, shit. Of course. Of course. I sit here like a mental patient before this stupid show, and I do everything except press the one button I needed to press. Pressing button now. Button pressed. Oh, i got to remember to press that button in advance. There we go. All right, time for Sean. And like I was saying, it's it's a great time to have him on. Because it's NFL time, baby. Sean, good morning, Don Geronimo. How are you, buddy? Good, Don. How are you? I am uh, doing very well. I opened my show moments before I called you with the three simple words, life is hard. But uh, here I am, persevering, as I know you do, because, you know, all the people, they don't listen to us to hear us say life is hard. They listen to us because their life is hard. So I just want to say it's good to be hard. It's easy to be hard. And uh, good morning, buddy. It's the best time of the year to have you on my show. You're my favorite year-round, and my listeners love you. But now we get into the football shit. Now we can finally talk about it like it's real. And here we go. First, your hometown team. I I would not start with Houston just because you live there and work there and cover the team. But I want to tell you something. It seems to me they got fleeced uh, just last week with this uh, clowny trade. Will you please educate my audience as to what the hell the Houston Texans are doing? Well, uh, the clowny, first of all, the first, the clowny part of it, they've been botching for a long time. And what they, in essence, did was they treated clowny in this trade like he was just a guy, some like a hack football player. Because a week ago they were talking about Miami wanted Clowney for for uh, Laramie Tunsil. They wanted Clowney in a first round pick for Laramie Tunsil. And people in Houston were no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. Can't do that. You'll get ripped off. Uh, we don't want to do that to Miami. They're getting. We're not getting enough for it. Well, then they turn around and I'm like, this is what the thought process. And here's how people are so fucked up in their head. So you trade Clowney for a third round pick and two backup players. One that's never had a, I mean, he's been on five teams since he's been in a league. And a third-round pick. And you gave $7 million to go with him to Seattle. And people here are saying, yeah, well, what is it? you know, that's okay. We got rid of Clowney. They're like, what? So, and then you turn around and you trade two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Tunsil and Kenny Stills, who will be your third, third or fourth wide receiver on team. Good player, not a star. So you've got least even more that way. Now, as far as on the surface, you get a left tackle and you get a receiver, so that helps Deshaun Watson initially. I mean, obviously they got better offensive because their offensive line just sucks. Problem is, one guy doesn't make up for four others. So they got a giant, you know, they've got to work together like a synchronized swim team, so they gave Clowney away, which was absurd, so it had to be more than just on the field. I mean, this guy's really good against the run, and this can be a dominant player, and watch, he'll go out and dominate because he's in a contract so they got bamboozled by the Seahawks and then turn around and so on the surface people are like, Well, 
we've got a left tackle. Well, the left tackle's one body. The other four bodies better come together and block, too. They got better. Um, they're not a Super Bowl team. They're going to be battling to make the playoffs. Their schedule's brutal. So all the way around this, for the most part, about 80-20, people can't believe that they had to go through this and that the Texans actually did this and, and got screwed in the and, end. So and, and we'll if, see how the Miami Dolphins trade works. If, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the Texans also like give millions of dollars towards the salary of this guy to Seattle? They paid or, half a clowning salary. They gave, they, yeah. they, him, they gave him away to Seattle and $7 million went with him to pay half his salary. And then you know when Bill O'Brien was asked why they didn't keep him, you know what they said? What? Salary. But uh. you gave $7 million bucks away to do it. And then you cut Khalil, who was supposed to be your left tackle, and he said, yeah, he's going to start. He didn't keep him for depth, so that obviously tells us you were bullshitting all the way through anyway about him being your starter because he wasn't good enough. Right. And you're paying him like $2.5 million. So in essence, $10 million goes out, but they didn't want to pay Clowney because of contract because they couldn't keep him because of salary, but they're willing to part with $10 million to cut a veteran and to get rid of Clowney and pay $7 million to Seattle. Seattle screwed him, and, uh, and the world knows it. It wasn't a very good weekend for so, the Texans when it came to long-term uh, and smart business moves. Okay, and, and now we can get into some real nitty-gritty NFL shit, because like, when I look at that division, that AFC South, uh, now that, uh, what's his name, Andrew Luck is gone, I don't see anybody in there that looks outstanding, and Houston could have been the best team. I mean, they have... A lot of players, but I have no faith in them. I would have more faith that Jacksonville will win the division this year. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are with you, and I think those two would be the favorites. There, there is a there's an if on every one of the teams, and for me, you know, the the, the, the Texans with now the schedule for that NFC. I mean, the AFC South's brutal. I mean, the teams they open up with the Texans their first six games, and then they got to play the Chargers, Jacksonville. They've got to play Kansas City. They've got to play. I mean, it's it's friggin' brutal. So if they come out three and three, that'll be a win for them. But um, you know, when you think about Tennessee, Mario is playing for his job. He has not been able to stay on the field, so they are a question mark in weapons. Uh, with the Colts now with the new quarterback in Brissett, who just got a new thirty million dollar two year deal because they believe in him, and that roster was the best in the South. So people think, well, just one quarterback is going to be the difference. Some people took them first and now have them in last. I think they're going to be better than people think. And then the other two teams, Jacksonville and the Texans, we mentioned what the Texans have. Jackson, to me, it comes down to this. Their defense is really good. Fournette's got to stay healthy. But with Nick Foles, when he's in Philadelphia and it's postseason DNA, the guy's lights out. But whenever it's been the regular season, for the most part, and when he's been out of Philadelphia somewhere else, he's been just a guy and a journeyman. So I think I, if Nick Foles plays like he did in Philadelphia, Jacksonville's winning the division. If Dick Foles plays like he did when he was a journeyman with the Rams and the Chiefs and almost out of football, then the Texans are the team beating the division, even without Clowney and with their stupid ass giving up two first rounds and a second round pick to get it. They would be the favorite because they have the best quarterback in the division. So we're going to know early what kind of Nick Foles is going to show, but his coach, the coach him as his quarterback coach in, in uh, Philadelphia, is now his offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. So if that carries over, I believe those are the two best teams, but I would not sleep even with Jacoby Brissett on the Colts because of their roster. All right, now now, now a segment just for me, and then I'm going to get to some of these texts that I have for you as always. Uh, I am a lifetime Green Bay Packers fan since I was a little kid. You don't need to know the whole story. So I'm very All interested. Right, yeah. Thursday night, Packers and Bears, and the Bears are a lot better. 
Aaron Rodgers didn't play at all in the preseason, and they have a new coach who looks like he's 10 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. I know he's not. Um, who do you like in this game, Sean? Uh, just straight up, the Bears or the Packers? I think this is a really, really intriguing division. I think Detroit's going to be better, and the Vikings are loaded roster. The question is, with Kirk Cousins, are we going to see statistic uh, Xbox quarterback Kirk Cousins or the guy that at the end of games somehow makes one wrong decision, and I'm a fan of his, and throws it to the wrong team? So then you look at Green Bay and say, okay, decent roster, great quarterback, and the best quarterback in the division. In this game, here's what it can, can you protect Rodgers and keep him upright? Because I'm telling you, the Bears are going to put their ears back, and their defense front seven and two all pros in the secondary, they are relentless and, and nasty. So the question is, yeah, I don't care that Aaron Rodgers didn't play in the preseason. I don't need it. I, I know what he brings to the table. The key is, will the ball come out in time? Will the offensive line hold up? Because he is obviously better than Trubisky, but I also think that people don't give Trubisky the respect he deserves. I like, if you're picking one, I love the Bears' defense. I like the Packers' offense. I would probably, until until I see LaFleur and Rodgers work together, it's kind of a talk. Where's that game being played? Is it in Chicago? It's in, it's in, in no? Chicago. In Chicago. I would probably favor the Bears' defense in the first game, even though I rarely, rarely, rarely ever pick against Aaron Rodgers because I know how special he is. I think this is going to be a crazy-ass division. If Rodgers is healthy for 16 games, it's hard for me not to make them the favorite because if he's healthy for 16 games, I know what he's capable of. But I'm going to tell you, they're coming right out of the ship, and the Chicago defense is frigging Filthy. Yeah. They better keep it no upright, sure. or it's going to be a okay. Be a day. Yep. Now to my other uh, real paranoid thought. I, I'm no fan of Deshaun Kaiser, who was their backup quarterback, but at least the dude had played in the league. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one play away from. I think the Packers have two rookies uh, that are backing him up. That yep. really, that really freaks me out. Should I just chill on that until something happens, or? or sh- yeah, I mean, there's nothing I can do. Why don't they have a more experienced, like, who's the cat that just got cut from uh, the Patriots? Uh, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer, Hoyer. Why don't they get he somebody like Hoyer? The Colts. The, Colts, the Colts just paid him $12 million for three years because they realized how important a backup is. Right. So I'm with you and haven't been in that position a lot of my career. The difference in if I would not have been prepared to play in a couple of games and was not ready. That's the difference in us winning the division, which you have to come off the bench and play well, or going home and missing out on the playoffs when you have a, a guy that's ready. I, it's a, while you shouldn't panic, but there's a, every time he drops back, I'd have some anxiety because if he goes down, now you're relying on a rookie in a brutal defensive division where it gets cold and then it's a complicated situation with that quarterback and that offense. You know you lose a ton. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know why teams – I mean, there's only four or five guys as a backup you can actually trust to win you three or four games during the season in the NFL. It is, we got great starters in the league. The backup position in the NFL is very average, very average. And a guy like Josh McCown in Philadelphia, who's pushing 40 in his upper 30s, is one of the best we have in the league because he gets it. He's been a pro. He may not be the most gifted right now, but if something were to happen, look what Nick Foles did for the Eagles. If you're a Super Bowl caliber team, why you wouldn't cover your ass? is beyond me. So while I wouldn't panic, but I, I, I would be anxiety-riddled every time he dropped back to pass for the simple reason, no Aaron Rodgers, the Packers have no shot. Okay, uh, thank you. Now, here's some uh, texts for you. Hold on, let me open up this stupid thing, Sean, because when you're on, I get a fantastic amount of uh, response, 
Let me see. How many are for me and how many are for you? This is not even going to be a fun game. I'm just going to go right to yours. Sean, uh, total number of wins for the Bears this year? Uh, well, they won 12 last year. I'm going to lean more towards 10 to 11 wins. They won't. They they will not have that. that they will not. That, they won't win 12 games this year. The division from a whole is tougher. I, that, that doesn't mean they won't play better. I expect Pagano to call good games, and that seemed to be really good. But, but I don't think they're going to win 12 or 13 games. More towards the 10 or 11 range. All right. Here's here's Bob from Houston. Hey, Sean, I listen to you every morning. I wish you could be uncensored like this. Do you ever wish you were on satellite radio? Of course. I mean, I love my show, and I'm grateful, and we're fortunate with fans like that, that we're crushing it. It's awesome. Do I wish I could it could, it could be this unfiltered and uncensored and, yeah. and empty the bucket? Yeah. Every person in Donia, every person in radio does. Yeah, Bob, I do. But I, I, I probably, I get close enough to saying all the things I wanted without, you know, swinging an F-bomb once in a while. But yeah, you're I'm a pro. Passionate, but yeah, of course I would love, I, w- I wish we were, the, the, the FCC let us empty the bucket like that it would be nice, of course. All right, here's uh, one, let me see. This is Mike in Rochester, New York. Uh, Buffalo, the surprise team this year. Sean, what do you say? I think Buffalo's going to, I love their defense, and I think Josh Allen gave, I think he surprised a lot of us last year. If he continues to gain accuracy and they put some weapons around him, I think two teams in that division are dangerous. I do. I, I, I think Buffalo's getting better. I love their fan base, and I think they're, you know, they're trying to get rid of, and they have some of the stuff that, and players that didn't bode well for them, and they're trying to, you know, you know, champion a new uh, approach and culture on their football team and, and a lot of effort. And I think Josh Allen's right at the beginning of it, but I also think the Jets. I think they're going to be one of the surprise teams, too, with Sam Darnold. I think we're lucky. Once Brady decides he's done, whatever that is, we're going to have a fun time in the AFC East with Sam Darnold and Josh Allen slinging the football around. I do. Buffalo's defense will keep them in their games, and Allen's a surprise. I thought he was better than people expected, and, and Sam Darnold with the Jets. Those are two teams that, if teams start to blink, the, the, the Bills and the Jets will beat them. We're looking forward to a fun future in both those cities. All right, here is a 202. Sean, what's the newest movie you've seen? Oh, I saw like four last week. The most recent one was Good Boys. Yeah. Those kids. It's great, I right? It yesterday. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that's sitting there saying, damn, they're talking about blow and fucking and, and doing this, and they're, 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 they're not even old enough to know how to French kiss, but it was the writers were clever. It had a heart. It was priceless. And it's worth seeing twice. I thought it was awesome. I thought they did a great job. And I've seen the one like Angel Has Fallen. I saw, I've seen just about the last four or five. I, I saw the one where the, the wedding where they play, uh, they just got married, the newlyweds, and they call, uh, now you see, I don't know where they play hide and seek, and it's a thrill, it's like a, a horror thriller movie. Uh, oh, like yeah, that, yeah, it's called now, now you see, now you see, I, now you don't. Yeah, now you see, right. That, they, right. I, that was a good one. But the most recent one was yesterday with the, the good boys, and I thought that was classic. It's a must-see. These kids are great for their age. How poised they are in the movie, I thought it was awesome. All right, here's one more for you for 301 from Dennis. Oh, I hope this isn't Dennis Murphy. Anyway, uh, Sean, love having you on the show. Do the Redskins have any chance this year? Big fan. Well, I'll uh, and, and thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. Here's what I and I'm, I'm on in D.C. with Chad Dukes every Friday, and and I, and I, for some reason, I like Cleveland. I've kind of adopted this team and root for them. 
I think a lot of it has to do with can there can I get a big time offensive production? I think the defense will show up, and I, and I know they've had their issues, but I think they're, they'll fly around and hit. But the Giants, I don't think are going to be very good. I don't. So there's a there's something you can take. I mean, Eli's you know his best football is probably behind him, and I think Daniel Jones is going to be fine. I, Barkley's going to get so many carries this year. I don't know how he's not going to wear out. To me, it comes down. Philadelphia is the class of that division. There, there is absolutely zero question about it. So then you're down to who? The Giants, the Redskins, and who am I? Why am I Cowboys, the Cowboys, Wilson? the Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. What, what am I thinking? I'm here in Texas. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> I actually think it's a two. I, I think it's a two-team division right now. I think the Redskins can upset the division, but I think as they're going through some growing pains and in the transition to their quarterback, I would favor Philadelphia. With Dallas and Philadelphia battle, not only for a division, I think two teams make the playoffs in that division. And unfortunately, this year, I don't think the Redskins are ready to make that haul. And no Trent Williams. I still think they're struggling up front a little bit. There's a lot to be done in Washington. I like I like parts of the team. I don't like the whole sum right now. I think that you're probably looking at a less than 500 or a 500 team. But because they're in that division and a few injuries, you can steal a couple games along the way. The Eagles and the Cowboys are the class of the division right now. Look at this guy. He's not a savant. He just knows all this stuff, and he lives it. Um, Sean, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it all starts on Thursday, then on Sunday, and when we talk next week, it'll be fully underway. I cannot wait. Have a great week, my friend, and thank you for the great segment, as always, Sean. Always. My pleasure, brother, and happy anniversary on the podcast. I always appreciate you. Thank you, thank Sean. You thank you, buddy. Thank right, you. Buddy. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Is he cool? He's cool. He always knows what's going on. He even throws in stuff. He even throws in stuff sometimes that you guys don't get, but I get. I, I get it. Whoops. Hold on. Where's the ding? Ah! I needed a ding there. Okay, as long as I'm open with the uh, text here. Let me see. How come so many of you write for him? <laughs> That's really not the way I should be starting the show, is it? How come so many of you write for him? Okay, another for him, for him. For him, for him. Uh, I guess this one is for me, I hope. Apple Music or Amazon Music? What's for a streaming service? I, I don't know. I got them both. Um, I guess I guess Apple, maybe. I, I don't know. Where were you? Here's another one. Where were you? Are you back? Uh, I didn't go anywhere. I just it took a couple of days off. I'm back. Uh, you must, here's one 301. You must be happy. Cliff Hogg is still around on BB21. Cliff Hogg? Is that the dude's last name, Hogg? That's the older guy from Texas, the guy I'm rooting for on that show. Uh, here's 916. Can I guess pick the NFL games this week? No. 209. Wash your ass today? Oh, that's an old tape. Did you wash your ass today? <laughs> Here's 703. I listened to your shoes from last week. Oh, must mean shows. I listened to your shoes, shows, from last week on my drive back to Virginia from OCMD. 29-mile backup just to the Bay Bridge. Thanks for the entertainment. Oh, Christ. You know it ain't easy. He died for your sins. This guy's talking about a backup to get to a bridge that allows you to go from the Maryland shoreline to the Washington, D.C. suburbs. And he said yesterday, Monday, Labor Day Monday, there was a 29-mile backup. 
<laughs> I've been in those. You don't want to be with me in a car when that happens. That is maddening, maddening stuff. Uh, here's 916. Best Seinfeld ever, please. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I get, I get asked that a lot. And I, I think every time I come up with a different one. But I would have to say probably, oh, I like opposite George. I really do. It's, it's a hard one. I know that's what she said, which is about the office. It's a hard one to pick because off the top of my head, I'd say when George does the opposite. But then I love the one with Mel Torme. When Kramer, he thinks Kramer's retarded. That's a good one too. God, there's a lot of them. Okay, listen, before I get the show going today, and no, I've not officially started it yet, even though I've been here for 20 minutes. Happy Labor Day and all that jazz to you. As Sean Salisbury mentioned, today is the fifth year anniversary of this podcast. Uh, I started with uh, the Realm Company and had a, a, a bad run with them, as you remember, and then started business on my own, on my own, five years ago today. All that stuff with uh, carrying people's subscriptions from Realm and making sure everybody was whole and complete and and starting a show and then, you know, the rotating, uh, the, the revolving door of the guys that were sitting next to me, each of them special in their own way. And here we are five years later. It's you and it's me. And I think I said on Wednesday that I had some stuff to tell you. And I can announce part of it today. I got a couple of things. Boy, those dogs at the motorcycle shop must know that I'm about to say some big stuff. Um, you, you know, I've been working on a book, and I'm happy to tell you that it's 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 almost there. And there are layers to this that I thought I'd be able to talk about today, and I can't. But it's just it's going great. I can tell you that related to that, unrelated to that, other things are happening for me, and I can tell you quite positively that in a couple of weeks I will be doing a live uh, show with uh, Brian May from Queen. And I'm excited about that. And I've got some uh, some remote broadcasting coming up. And that's really all I can say now. But I want everybody to know how, how especially today, the five-year anniversary of this podcast, how absolutely full of gratitude I am for you, the people that, you know, you little brains, who I love so much, for supporting this. Because trust me, I know. The amount of money I charge for this, you could get Netflix or Hulu or whatever. But you guys are my dedicated fans, and I appreciate it. I would do anything for you. And I am always in awe that you've kept this going for me all this time. Because there are, they, they, let's face it now, as opposed to five years ago or ten years ago, everybody's got a podcast. And all people want to know is, how do you monetize it? How do you make money on a podcast? It's very hard. It's very fucking hard. And I don't know if too many shows or DJs, or whatever you want to call this, that have that kind of... Boy, those dogs are going crazy. That kind of dedicated support that that I've had throughout my entire career. i got some of you guys that have uh, listened to me since like 1979, consistently, and followed me from radio station to radio station before there was even an internet. You know, and and all the people that used to listen, there would be feeds of the show. Remember when... um, on WJFK, when the great Mel Carmazin, who owned the company, when the internet started, he said, we're not competing with that. You have to listen to us on a radio. No Infinity Show will ever be on the internet. <laughs> I know a lot has changed in 20 plus years. But uh, that was the thought back then. 
anyway, I, you know, I, I'm very happy to be here, and a lot of uh, really great things are, are happening for me and continue to happen. And I really want to thank uh, I want to thank you guys first and foremost, of course, and uh, my agent who does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for me. My agent, your good man, Saul, a great guy. There's a lot of uh, moving parts to getting what I'm doing here off the ground and getting this show off the ground. And I am grateful, uh, most of all, for you people. This has been five extraordinary years. And I got some big stuff coming up, and I want to thank you for everything. So there you go. Okay? Are we square now, little brains? Are we square? Here's an email from Larry King guy. Hey, Don, Monday, which was yesterday, marked the fifth-year anniversary of your podcast return and relaunch after the few initial months with Realm. I remember this now as the official start date of your podcast, when you were free truly to broadcast exactly as you please. Please find an attached promotional announcement I made for today's show. Okay, well, let's see what he's got here. This is from uh, Larry King guy. Loading now. It's loading now. Hold on, wrong one. And King, inviting uh, you. I'll get started over. This is Larry King, inviting you to the Don Geronimo Podcast Fifth Anniversary Extravaganza. I wouldn't say that. Celebrating five years of podcast gold. Join Don and his cavalcade of stars. Celebrating his podcast legacy with guests Charles Nelson Riley, Jamie Farr, Dick Van Patten, Nipsey Russell. This is like my. This is like Jaja Gabor. Hold on, how does it stop? It's like a dream panel on Match Game. Join Don as we remember your favorite segments from your favorite podcast. Uncensored, with no advertisers, and 100% realm free. Buzz Burbank, go fuck yourself. <laughs> the Don Geronimo Podcast, 5th Anniversary Extravaganza. Only on pod-god.com. Listen, I uh, salute a good piece of production. That's some tight listener production. The music's kind of loud. Oh, hold on. I know why that was doing that. I was playing that song. <laughs> he wasn't playing that. I was playing that. I had two things going at the same time. Yeah, Luscious Jackson. I still like this song. Did my naked eye. Well, listen, I'll replay the Larry King guy's thing. Because he didn't mean to have the naked eye in the background. That's a good song. Maybe I'll end the show today with this one. Hell of an intro, too, everybody. Right here. The sound of young white America. KKK. There's naked eye. Okay, well that was on me. That's on me. Let me let me play this thing again. Without naked eye in the background. And take two. This is Larry King, 
inviting you to the Don Geronimo Podcast, 5th Anniversary Extravaganza. Oh, it is now. Celebrating five years of podcast gold. Join Don and his cavalcade of stars, celebrating his podcast legacy with guests. Charles Nelson Riley. I wish dead. Jamie Farr. I wish. Dick Van Patten. Also dead. Nipsey Russell. Also dead. Jaja Gabor. Still dead. And of course, the one and only Abe Vigoda. Hi, Abe. Don D-O-N. With special guest, Caitlin Jenner. Cock and balls. <laughs> and live from heaven, zombie Stephen Hawking. A motionless wheelchair-bound zombie physicist. Must eat brains. Join Don as we remember your favorite segments from your favorite podcast. Uncensored, with no advertisers, and 100% realm free. Buzz Burbank, go fuck yourself. <laughs> the Don Geronimo Podcast, 5th Anniversary Extravaganza. Only on pod-god.com. Even better. Even better without me mucking it up by playing uh, Naked Eye in the background. Thank you. Thank you, loyal listener, and you too. And now let's start. Let's start the show, for God's sakes. I'm tracking Dorian. I'm tracking Dorian Lund from... What was that sitcom? It was a, not a sitcom. It was a uh, soap opera, One Life to live. Thank you. Ding. Michael Soares. I know him. He's been in radio since the early 70s when he was just a teenager. Since his debut, he's been fired for mouthing off, playing the hits, and stealing candy bars. Don Geronimo is unlike any you've ever heard. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? He tells it all, from sex with midgets to boat rides with disco stars. Then there was a time he got drunk and threw up on Eddie Money's bed. He's done it all, from marching with 100 dogs in the radio station and got Jim Belushi to call him an asshole, from leaving radio after tragedy to return just to get screwed all over again. Through it all, here he now broadcasts from his wife's Mary Poppins room on new podcast, Hicks the Internet, a show where he can express himself without censorship. It's the Tom. What do you think of the name Don Geronimo? Don Geronimo. My hitter, my hitter. The Don Geronimo Show. Boondock Witcher! Boondock Witcher! In person. The request lines are now open. It's going to be a great show. Here is a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. Marijuana is the bomb. You let him know that he has one ratings point away from having his own podcast. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you ready to rock? Yeah. Don D-O-N. 
Happy anniversary, Abe. Don Geronimo. You were still alive when I started playing those tapes of you. Yeah. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Abe. Five big years. You Don Geronimo. You Don Geronimo. Mm, Sounds good. Oh, and there she is. Look at the little pixie, Katie Couric. Thank you for that intro today, Katie. And hi, everybody. How are you anyway? It's me. It's me. It's Donald P. at my J.O.B. I'm nearly famous. How the outrage is very contagious. I'm on the air. I'm off the wall. I'm feeling high. I'm getting small. Hi. How are ye? It is uh, Tuesday, the 3rd of September. I'm back. And all is right with the world. Uh, except for Dorian. Yes, I'm going to start with that today. I, I want to say I share some people's frustration on this. If you live in Florida... You know, at first they were saying, go get as much gasoline as you can, get a, a seven days of food and water. All this real extremist shit. It was like Jim Baker was running things, right? Selling his food buckets and everything. But as it turns out, the thing made a turn. And then they got the all clear. They pretty much got the all clear in Florida. Then they said, wait, no, 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 you can't let your guard down because it's only 100 miles away. And it's been downgraded now from a 5 was it from a five to a uh, three? You know, and I, I don't know. The numbers are still bad. Any number for a storm is, is bad. And I bring you now perhaps the best coverage that I saw on the Internet. I don't know who this guy is. He is from Florida. He's living there now. He's not originally from Florida. But I'm going to jump out and make a recommendation here that the Trump administration hires this guy to be the director of FEMA. I've seen all the FEMA guys on TV all weekend long wearing the baseball hats, the big FEMA there, and saying, listen, we don't know where this is going to go. And I'm so flipping tired of them saying that it's spaghetti strings. It's spaghetti. Everything's spaghetti. It could go this way or it could go that way. And for God's sakes, if they're American models and European models we're talking about, why don't you bring out real girls? You know, like uh, the deal or no deal girl. Let those be the models. These are the European models. This is Giselle Bündchen. And there's Heidi Klum. They're the European models. There's Cindy Crawford. She's the American model. They're going to tell you now which way the stupid hurricane is going to go. It's very confusing. And a lot of people are frustrated and think there's a better way. So I open the show today with this. The voice of common sense. Can't see how... They haven't come up with some kind of way to com- combat these storms yet. They keep saying, uh, you know, two days ago, three days ago, oh, it's said this, but it's going to hit all this warm weather, all this warm weather and warm water. We have a Navy. Why don't the Navy come and drop ice in the warm water so it, does, it can't get going as fast as it's going? Yeah. There's got to be ways to combat this instead of just pointing at the thing and saying, well, it's, uh, now it's getting worse. Yeah, we know it's getting worse, but you tell us, oh, it's the warm weather, oh, it's the wind. Well, we have an Air Force. Drive some Air Force planes Wait around to it. get the winds going the opposite way. Right. The Navy to go in circles to fight it the other way. Can't see how... They have- it just restarts again. <laughs> Is he the best? He's the dumbest and he's the best ever. First, what he wanted to do, in case you didn't hear it, let me dumb it down for you. We're going to get the Navy to throw a bunch of ice in the water to cool down the water because warm temperatures help the uh, hurricane gather steam. 
then we're going to have the Air Force fly in the opposite direction, counterclockwise, while at the same time, the Navy has carrier ships, and they're they're all rotating counterclockwise in the water, so to turn the hurricane around, to slow it down. I know. (laughs) I know. And he looks exactly the way that you think he would look. Now, I had other stuff for you here about the hurricane. And some of it is just goddamn ridiculous. Uh, for instance, I don't know why this is. There's a, like, you know, you have AM, PMs, and uh, 7 Elevens, and all, and all kinds of places to get, uh, you know, food stuff and gas and, and stuff for your car. Okay, you get that. There's, there's a line in uh, Florida called Publix. And they're taking all kinds of shit because they were selling. Hurricane cakes and cupcakes. And uh, I can call and, and see what they were doing. Oh, I see it right here. Hurricane Dorian cakes. And they're just cakes, but they have on the frosting, they have the state of Florida, big green state with the panhandle, and blue icing around that to indicate the ocean. And then the eye of the storm is white, And all of the rotating winds are red, and it has a big white circle around it, as if you were watching it on TV. (laughs) And people are giving them shit because they're selling Hurricane Dorian cakes. Now, my first thought about this was, oh, that's just stupid. Then I thought, who cares? The University of Miami football team is called the Hurricanes. And nobody says now, during a hurricane, that's really insensitive. That's a really stupid name. And what about the drink? You can get the drink in New Orleans. You get the drink walking down the street in Miami at, at uh, South Beach. Give me a hurricane. Big tall glass. Got every kind of booze in there. Give me a hurricane. Nobody says slow down on that. So I don't know why they're getting crap for that. So I'm going to, if I have a chance here, call... Publix today on the show. And I also want to salute and give a, a, a big salute. Hey now. Oh, that'll work. To Waffle House. Waffle House, formerly known as the soundstage for World Star Hip Hop and other, other fights. And, and, I, and I don't mean to indicate <coughs> with World Star Hip Hop that it's uh, strictly an African American clientele that gets into fights. In person. No, at Waffle House. It's everybody, Larry. You feel it was inappropriate? Yes. I didn't mean to be inappropriate. I just thought it was a logical question. It's not just a black thing. It's a white thing, too. All kinds of people with tiny brains get into fights at Waffle House. But that's not, that's not what I bring Waffle House to your attention. The honchos at Waffle House put out something on their Twitter account where they're showing them in what they're calling the Waffle House War Room. <laughs> There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people sitting around a giant uh, conference table. Everybody's got the laptops. Everybody's got the phone. And there's three giant plasma screens that have radar of, of what's going on outside. The uh, 24-hour breakfast chain has hired a team of weather experts at its Georgia-based 
storm room <laughs> to decide if they should shutter any restaurants. Now that's funny. I'm sorry, that's just fucking funny. <laughs> Where's my Waffle House music? And now I have it in here somewhere. Waffle House music. There we go. I know I've played it before. Okay. Just let me load in the music and I'll, and I'll be good to go. I'm going to recreate this meeting for you right now in the Waffle House <laughs> war room. What do they call it? The, the Waffle House. Hold on a second. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Doesn't matter what they called it. I have the concept. There we go. Gentlemen and gentle ladies. Welcome to the Waffle House War Room. It's our Hurricane Dorian War Room. As you know, we got our Waffle Houses. And if it wasn't for ignorant white people and stupid black people getting drunk and getting fucked up at 3 in the morning, we wouldn't be around. And of course, we owe a lot to Jacksonville, Florida. I tell you what. You can't go two blocks without seeing a Waffle House. It's like if you go up to Yankee Country, go to Jew Jersey, you see a Starbucks on every corner. Not in Jacksonville, Florida, not in God's land. You got a Waffle House on every corner. Amen. We got to do is figure out which one of these stores we got to shutter. If a bad weather come close... I hate shut those doors because I know those inbreds love to come to our restaurants and fight. And we get free advertisement for it. All right, let's hear. How's it going? Palm Beach, Florida. We open. Atlanta, Georgia. We're open, of course. We're ahead of the storm. We had 26 fights over the weekend. That's beautiful. Anybody else hungry? Yeah, let's order some food. No, no Waffle House. Give me that Grubhub app. <laughs> Who wants Italian? All right, good. We'll call the Olive Garden. Olive Garden and Red Lobster. That's a close cousin of Waffle House. Right, now this, this music is definitely a, a bit too... What's the word I want to use? Intelligent? Where's the stupider music? Where's the stupider banjo music? I'm looking just for stupid banjo music. <laughs> like that was Steve Martin banjo music. Steve Martin plays intelligent banjo. This is more like it. Yeehaw! Welcome to the Waffle House War Room, motherfuckers! Eat me, Dorian, eat me. All right, so they have a war room. <laughs> Waffle House. Because that's vital. That's flipping vinyl. All right. Oh, hold on. I had one more story I had to get to. I have another recreation that I have to get to. Where's my sound effect for that? Give me a second. I put these all in files before the show. Okay, got it. And here we go. Let me load this one in. Because maybe the best story that I saw over the weekend had nothing to do. I'm sorry about that. Had nothing to do with the storm. It was a, uh, a problem at the Vatican that the Pope was late for doing his show on Sunday. 
He was late for doing his show on Sunday because he was stuck stuck in an elevator in the Vatican for 25 minutes. Now listen, this happened to me one time in Hawaii. Can you imagine how frustrating? Stuck in the most beautiful spot on earth. I don't know what I had to do. Go to the bathroom or something. I had to go back to the condo. And then uh, either going up or coming down, whatever it was, the thing just got stuck. It was hot. It was mungy. I couldn't get cell reception in there. And that, I remember that little phone just rang. The, the, that little red emergency phone just rang and rang and rang. Finally, somebody, I guess, somebody maybe thought an animal had been hurt. When they heard me shrieking for help, and they finally came. So I wonder what it was like for the for the Pope. Oh, floor two, please. Shake that thing for me one time. Shake it for me. Make it spit for the captain. Oh, can't wait to get out of these Pope clothes. What's happening? Hello? Is my elevator not moving? Let me pick up the little telephone. Hello? Hey! What the fuck, huh? I'm a not moving here. Oh, I forgot. I'm a not Italiano. I'll just go with the standard Pope then. Hello? What the fuck? It's moving, then it stops. I'm wearing this fucking tunic. It's not the most comfortable costume in the world. And P.S. I just had my coffee. What if I have to take a papal shit? Not purple, papal. A puppy shit. All right, it's moving again. It's moving. It appears to be moving. I'm almost to floor six. There we go. We're moving now. Oh, fuck. God damn it. What are you idiots doing? Move the fucking elevator I have a show to do. What are you, pulling this fucking thing by hand? Come on, you fucking imbeciles. Get me out of here, for God's sake. I'm the freaking pole. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm out. <laughs> uh, okay, so there you go. The Pope in an elevator. Uh, and speaking of the Pope, I got, I got one more I got to go with uh, here. And I, I might as well just go with, uh, where's my organ music? Like, where's my church organ music? Because as long as I'm into the Pope, I might as well just roll with this. Roll with the Pope going, doing, his, uh, doing his sermon after he was out of the elevator. Where's my music? God damn it. Hello? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? It's me, the Pope. Lost in an elevator. And I'm going down. Ladies and gentlemen. Bow your heads. If you love God, you know it. Clap your hands. You love God, know it. Clap your hands. 
If you like birth control, clap your hands. We like rubbers, clap your hands. We tolerate gays. Oops. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I have got some bad news for you. Valerie Harper is dead. That's right. She's really dead. That's right. She's really dead. Rhoda Morgenstern. Rhoda is dead. I don't think the pop, uh, the, the Pope, the pop. I think the Pope would really have ballpark organ music playing, but yes, Valerie Harper finally passed away. And that gives me no, no great joy. I mean, I don't look at, at her the way I look at Betty White. Betty White still living and flaunting it, as you know, upsets me. Betty White is even in the promo for uh, for the Thursday night game with the Bears and the Packers. And now, here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Betty White. Let's go, Betty White. The password is intercourse. Her husband was Alan Ludden. Was uh, the original host of Password. Anyway, Valerie Harper... Well, this is not appropriate with, the, with that music. Thank you. Uh, Valerie Harper, as you know, was a beloved Rhoda. Rhoder. Rhoder Morgenstern on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show and then on her own show. And it was a big deal when Rhoda got married. And then Rhoda and Joe got divorced. It was a big deal. Everybody loved Valerie Bertinelli. Very outspoken. Very funny. She had weight problems and she, she battled through that on, her, on the show. Rhoda was fat. Then she was thin. And Valerie Harper is very talented. Then she announced that she has, I think it was brain cancer. And what caught me about this was that she did a farewell to her. Or like where she went on GMA and she went on the Today Show and, and she said, I've, I've got incurable brain cancer. My time is limited. You know, and I looked at it at the time like, you know, she just wanted the spotlight one last time. So, okay, they put her on TV and they're like, okay, we're on death watch. And then she started coming out like a, doing shows like doing a Lifetime movie or something. And she's at the premiere of something else. And all of a sudden, she was better. She was good, and everybody just forgot the fact that she went on a TV and announced she had brain cancer. And, I, and it was the sad music for Entertainment Tonight. You know, normally it's... And it was the... Like the sad music on Fox when a player gets hurt. do 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 We'll be back. (laughs) Fox, Tuesday night. It's all new with the Simpsons. So R.I.P. Valerie Harper. I'm glad you you finally, you finally manned up. I'm, I'm not glad that you're dead, uh, certainly, but you know, it, it, it's one off my uh, caseload. Thank you. Uh, here's a tweet. This is a tweet from, Pain in the ass fan. Oh, number one pain in the ass fan, my man Steve Hernandez. I'm listening live to you on vacation on the Oregon coast. Oh, that's nice. It's a nice part of the country. Sean is the best guest in the universe. Hashtag NFL. He's pretty good. Here's uh, Josh Maws, and he's writing on the Twitter. Happy anniversary, Donnie G. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Yeah, you should have said that yesterday. And if you didn't, you're screwed, you're blued, and you're tattooed. Here's a Jessica Wiley. Hi, Jessica. Group of people with gun rushes door at Popeye's Chicken on Scott and Quarter. They wanted the chicken sandwich, say employees. In, 
Employees were able to lock them out. Houston police. You know, I had that story as something to ask Sean about because he's from Houston. He lives in Houston, does his show every day. (laughs) I'm telling you, whoever came up with that idea for Popeye's has to get a medal in the Popeye's organization and has to be moved up the food chain. This guy's executive material, baby. I'm telling you, he's no Michael Scott. This is executive material. Whoever figured out that you put on social media, I never saw one TV ad for the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I didn't see one ad. But goddamn, there was a demand. There was a demand. So, well done. Well done. The people, people are so mad to pulling up the Popeye's and pulling out guns. <laughs> Don't get me on the whole gun thing again. And it was guns in Texas. It was the story that they had guns. Hold on a second. No, I better go back to that. Yeah, a group of people with gun. Yep, I knew. I knew that word was there. I knew that ugly word was there. Um, I, uh, what did I just pull out here? I got a million things open here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't know which thing I had open, for God's sakes. Oh, I already, I already well, shit. <laughs> oh, I see. It froze up. Whew. I, I was looking at the tax line going, what the hell? There was a million texts there before. Now there's none. Look, there's a whole bunch of them right there. Okay, there you go. Here's a, here's this says Bob in FLA. Nothing to worry about here. Little rain, but all is great. Okay. Here's another one I'm guessing from Florida, area code, area code 305. We are getting some massive, massive, heavy, heavy bands of thunderstorms. Don't let your guard down, Florida. Okay. Thank you. Uh, here's 209. Did you go to any movies this weekend? Uh, I did not. I did not. I, I got to tell you, even yesterday was supposed to be a day where it was, uh, the plan was uh, we hang at the pool, uh, the beautiful pool in our backyard. Never made it there. Never made it there. Um, things got in the way. You know, things happened. And uh, the main thing that happened was uh, The Office. <laughs> I know it's on Netflix. I could find it anytime I want. But they run it on TBS. And they were running a marathon on, on TBS this weekend, all featuring uh, Jim. So it was a bunch of good episodes. And, you know, we'd, we'd say we're going to do this or this. Then we'd start watching it. And then, you know, I'd walk into the other room for a second. Or Janet would. Then we'd come back and we'd end up watching this thing. So... At one point, and that's all that was done yesterday, was watching The Office. At one point, here's a scene from The Office. I I taped it on my phone. It's here on my phone. And I want you to listen to this now. I can't take credit for this. My my wife spotted this in an episode and, and rewound this thing. Here's Michael Scott in the car with Dwight. And they're having a discussion about leaving the the convertible top up. And you tell me or not if Michael Scott says, okay, fuck it, just leave it down. Now, I'm fully aware that Michael Scott says, fuck it, and they beep it out on the office. But this was not beeped out. And again, the quality is not going to be great because I'm holding my fucking telephone up to the microphone, so bear with me. Shocks you got on this, baby. I don't know, regular, normal ones? Nothing fancy. Not my style. What are you doing? No, Dwight, it's 50 degrees outside. Don't, please. But then no one can see us. I just, would you put it up? Okay, fine. Just leave it down. Whiner. 
right, now listen, he either says, he either says, okay, fine, which I thought the first time I heard it, he says, okay, fine. But you got to listen to him more than once. He really sounds like he's saying, fuck it. Maybe. I don't know. Regular, normal ones. Nothing fancy. Not my style. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, Dwight, it's 50 degrees outside. Don't, please. But then no one can see us. I just, would you put it up? Okay, fine. Just leave it down. <laughs> right? You be the judge. You be the judge. Aw, fuck it. And I like it on The Office when there's an episode. Because I'm not a fanatic about that show like I am about Seinfeld. If there's an episode that I have not seen before, or only seen parts of before, I go batshit for that. I really do. Unlike Seinfeld. You know, with the Seinfeld. and And I still love Seinfeld, of course. Just, I can turn on an episode and immediately tell you the, there you go, that's a better level. Tell you the eight or nine different subplots that are happening in the episode. Anyway, uh, I don't know what episode that is, but uh, it, I thought he sounded like he said, fuck it, too. That's what I thought. Now, uh, I have a story about Kevin Hart. You heard about this, right? He had a back surgery. He was in a car accident. As soon as I heard that, you know what I thought? I thought, um, Tracy Morgan. I thought, boy, I hope he got hit by a Walmart truck. That's what I thought when I heard about Kevin Hart. Because they're big bucks there. The big bucks there. No, that's that's a shock jock joke. I apologize. Uh, from my news feed, I'm going to go to Madison, Indiana, of all places, where on this Labor Day weekend, WDRB reports that the KKK <laughs> wanted to have their annual picnic and cookout. Now, I'm wondering, when they advertised this, was it KKK, Ku Klux Klan, cookout? Do they spell cookout with a K? That's kind of kooky. And you could put kooky is another K word that would work. Let me see. Protesters showed up at a park in Madison, Indiana to stop the KKK from holding its annual picnic there. <laughs> uh, God. Mike Gams, who's an anti-fascist and dressed up as Spider-Man, was one of dozens who showed up early to foil the KKK's picnic. If they ever do this again, I bet Spider-Man and his amazing friends will be here again. The KKK had hoped to have their annual cookout at the park, but it was over before it began. There was more protesters than KKK members. Well, that'll screw up a good picnic. Why does, why's the guy got a spider Standing up for the people. For who? You're sticking up for the minority, and I'm sticking up for the superiority. It's a confrontation that only lasted about 10 minutes. You don't love me, you're going to go to In it, Ku Klux Klan members from Indiana and Kentucky were turned away from a park in Madison. The honorable sacred knights of the KKK showed up here at the park and were chased out within minutes because hate has no place here in Madison, Indiana. Mike Gams, a self-described anti-fascist dressed up like (laughs) Spider-Man, was just one of dozens who showed up early to foil the KKK's plan. If they do this event again, (laughs) uh, I bet Spider-Man and his amazing friends will be here again. First off, first off, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I got news for you. Spider-Man doesn't have a fucking man bun. He doesn't have a man bun. He doesn't have uh, the hippie look. Spider-Man has close-cropped hair. Black Spider-Man or white Spider-Man, it doesn't matter. 
Oh. <laughs> and why is he wearing the Spider-Man suit? With his hippie beads all over it. And dude, if you're really Spider-Man, you shouldn't have taken off your mask. Thank you. Back to this already in progress. Mike Gams, a self-described anti-fascist dressed up like Spider-Man, was just one of dozens who showed up early. I I just have to pause it again. I just looked at the... He he only has on the Spider-Man top. He has on blue jeans and no Spider-Man mask. I mean, fuck the KKK, and I mean that. Fuck them. But this guy's doing a a real disgrace to Spider-Man. Boil the KKK's plan. If they do this event again... Uh, I bet Spider-Man and his amazing friends will be here again. The Klan had hoped to hold an annual cookout at this park, but it was over before it ever really began. Good. Counter-protesters taking over the park first. Just after 1.30, a small motorcade of KKK members first arrived. They have all white cars. Driving their engines past the counter-protesters, about 10 clan members parked at an adjacent pavilion with two carry-out pizzas in hand. We're not here to feed you! Law enforcement was there to keep the peace as counter-protesters outnumbered the KKK. You have a job? Where do you work? Hey, yeah, I work for your mom. After a war of words, the KKK left. Well, we're hoping this might... You know, that's sad. When the KKK guy has to use my comeback, that's my go-to if you really get me in a corner. Yeah, your mom said hi. That's what the fucking KKK guy just said. <laughs> Shock jock. Counter protesters out. No. Shock jock. Okay. You have a job? Where do you work? Hey, yeah, I work for your mom. After a war of words, the KKK left. Well, we're hoping this might have been a good reminder that, guess what? They're losing steam. Counter protesters like Mary Childress believes when the KKK left, hate lost the battle. And Evelyn Wheeler and members of other churches showed up to make sure to clean the park in more ways than one. To bless the area for ordinary life, take away the hate, take away the hostility, take bless away the, the, anger, okay, take away the Her heart's in the right place. Her heart's in the right place, I guess so. I don't know what they were doing with by scrubbing everything. I mean, they, did, they didn't even have their cookout. They didn't even have their picnic. But I get it. You want to get all the cooties out of there. End person. Stop that, Larry. That's not right. I say that's not right. It's like a radio show without all the bullshit. This is a journey into sound. The Don Geronimo Show. It sure is, gang. Well, listen, I'm glad the KKK's cookout didn't work out. Uh, here's a tweet. I'm sorry, a text. 916. Definitely fine. Thank you for listening. 209. I write he said fuck. 916. I heard it both ways. 301. You have a dirty mind. He did not say fuck. 212. How could he be, how could he have said how could he have said fuck and it aired on TBS? You were not watching on Netflix. That would never make it through the NBA, NBC censors. I don't know. It just sounded like it, okay? That's I just thought it sounded like. Let me give it one more lesson because most people seem to think he didn't say fuck. Please, but then no one can see us. I just would you put it up 
Okay, fine. Just leave it down. Whiner. I, listen, it's either fine or fucking. To live with lies. <laughs> if I had a title for today's show, that would be the title. It's either fine or fucking. And also the title would be Thank You. As I said at the beginning of the show today, five-year anniversary of this. Thank you for uh, for listening and subscribing. Much more great things are uh, coming very soon, and I promise you that. This is where I say Don Geronimo is a copyrighted feature that may not be reproduced without the express represent of Major League Baseball. And I'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. on the West and 1 p.m. on the East. Until then, stand by for the greatest top 40 hits of all time. Of all time. Oh, I'm going to start with uh, Naked Eye. Right. Hi there. Yes, I'm going to take it full cycle. Full cycle on that. Uh, where is that song in the music radio? There it is. Okay. I got it. It's all loaded. Here we go. Anytime, fellas. The, the, the greatest top 40 hits of all time. Don Geronimo. Music radio. Oh, yeah. Just keep on coming. Okay. Music radio. Music radio. I heard you the first time. Thank you, Larry King Guy, and everybody else for the emails and your texts and your tweets today. Happy anniversary. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, the greatest top 40 hits of all time, man. We start with Luscious Jackson Buddies.
someone dies, we call Abe Vagoda. Don, uh, Geronimo. Uh, 